Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. I have been excited. At, I'll be honest with you. When I read through Hebrews 8 and I started trying to figure out how are we going to break this down and come up with five blog posts mm-hmm. and five, five conversations, yeah. I thought, I, I don't know how we're going to be able to do this one. This is kind of a short chapter and it seems to be all kind of around the same kind of thing. But as we have walked through this, there's just been more and more and more that I've wanted to talk about, and I feel like I'm running out of time. It seems like we never have problem filling the time, I will say that. <laughs> so, uh, but I, you know, I think today we're going to get into some of the promises and covenants and these wonderful things, and so uh, the reading will be a little bit longer, but you're right, it is a short chapter, and uh, so we've managed to certainly break that down and drag it out for five. Yeah, for five. and probably should quit wasting time talking about how much we don't have enough time, so why don't you go ahead and read? Oh my goodness, here we go in uh, Hebrews chapter 8. I'm going to read verse 6 through the end of the chapter from the New King James Version. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second, because, finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Taking this idea of a new covenant, maybe... We'll see if we can divide it into two conversations. I want to I want to first talk about this concept of promises. Mm. So there's a better covenant. Yeah, so we can talk about that maybe a little bit more. A new tomorrow. covenant. We'll just and talk a about the covenant. new covenant versus the old covenant. So maybe we're getting this backwards. But in order here, we've got this concept of better promises here in Hebrews yeah. chapter eight that comes up in verses six. Uh, in verse six, established on better promises. Yeah. He he is the mediator. He's obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better. Why is his covenant better? Because it is enacted on better promises. So foundationally, this covenant is resting on better promises. When we talk about covenants, this is something we don't often consider, but covenants would have a particular order that went through them. Typically, covenants had... You're talking uh, like ancient Middle Eastern covenants now? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just talking about this ancient idea of covenants. There was an expectation of the different kinds of things that covenants would have. Mm -hmm. So as they would record a covenant, as they would make covenants with one another, there were certain aspects 
of that. And so what you would have is specifically one of those aspects were sanctions. That's the term that's given to them. And sanctions were basically, here's the blessings that are going to come when the covenant is kept. Mm -hmm. Or essentially, here are the promises. Promises. And of course, there were there were stipulations to the covenant. There was a documentary clause. There was witnesses. There were there were all these things that went along with the covenant. We, we could go through the Bible and find different covenants and show how these are used. Sure. But here specifically, he's talking about what these what these guys who have, have laid out the various parts of covenants would often call sanctions or here yeah. promises. When the covenant is kept, this is what's going to happen. I just wanted to give a little hat tip to a book I read a few years back that helped me understand that process. Mm -hmm. The book was called The Heresy of Orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a variety of, of, I think there was two or three writers that worked on it. But but that particular book, I mean, there was a whole section on it that you would— understand covenants and understand, you know, and that is connected then in light with scripture and canon, which is very important ideas for Christianity and for our New Testament. Um, You know, before I read that, I probably had an overly simplistic concept of covenant. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's so simplistic as to say, well, I know there's an Old Testament and I know there's a New Testament and that's probably all I need to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) But with some of that other uh, insight, uh, it helps me even appreciate and discern within the scriptures and within these covenants, okay, so there are expectations for the way these things work and for that ancient Middle Eastern mind or Near Eastern mind. Um, they're, they're looking for these things. Well, since you're dropping books, let me just go ahead and take one. In fact, The Heresy of Orthodoxy, I think that chapter was actually based on a book written by Meredith Klein called The Structure of Biblical Authority, structure which, of biblical which authority. actually gets into an even deeper look at that concept of covenants. Okay. That really helped me with understanding this, and so I think that that's even referenced in that Heresy of Orthodoxy. So The Structure of Biblical Authority by Meredith Klein. So there's two books. Yeah. Go read them by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or at least by the time we're done with Hebrews. You got you got no. But this does help. So this concept sanctions, promises. Yes. He says this new covenant is a better covenant because it has better promises. It offers when this covenant is kept, when this covenant is fulfilled, there are better blessings and sanctions and promises that are going to come from it. Back in chapter six, now I'm in Hebrews again. Still, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. Now, we we certainly can go to Genesis 12 and Genesis 17 and other chapters in Genesis to take a look at the the expansion of those promises. But Mm -hmm. here in Hebrews, he's really come down to this idea of, I will bless you and I will multiply you. And now he points out there's going to be a new covenant. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes back to Jeremiah 31, that in Jeremiah 31 promised the new covenant was coming. Yeah. And he says this one is better because it is enacted on better promises. promises. Not just a promise to bless and multiply, but we actually have some promises that he quotes here from Jeremiah chapter 31. Yeah, I, well, you know, towards the end of that reading, and so in, it's Hebrews 8 verse 12, I see a couple of beautiful promises mm-hmm. about mercy to their unrighteousness. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. I mean, this this promise of mercy and this promise of forgiveness of sins yes. ah, is so powerful. 
And that's, oh, he's going to explain this. This is another one of those places where I'm going to drop it out. Here's the promise. Here's the better promise. Right. He's going to go in the next chapter to talk about this, but we can't help but bring yeah, it up now. It so how, how is this the better promise? Wasn't there forgiveness? Weren't there sacrifices offered under that old covenant that would take sins away, that would provide atonement? Now, what he's going to say over the next couple of chapters is, well, actually not. Yeah. 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 There were sacrifices. Yes. And yes, God did accept those. And in that sense that it worked, if people were offering those sacrifices, they were forgiven, but they actually weren't forgiven yeah. on the basis of those sacrifices. Well, and, and the evidence of their insufficiency, he'll make the point, is that we're doing them again and again and again and again. When there is a sufficient sacrifice, these sacrifices stop. Yeah, so we're going to say this today. It will come up again, yes, Andrew, in another chapter, so, so I, we just need to be ready to repeat ourselves. But his point about them being done again and again and again is the fact that they were not actually removing sin again and again and again, but what they were really doing was providing a reminder mm, yeah. of sin again and again and again. And... That's that's the struggle. That old covenant, mm -hmm. it did not actually provide for forgiveness. It did not actually provide for true atonement. Remember, it's copies. It's shadows. shadows. It's pointing toward the realities that God has in mind and planned, the heavenly realities of his sanctuary, the true spiritual reality of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that actually takes sin away, which, by the way, we'll probably say this again, is why Jesus does not have to be crucified again and again and again again, which is why the communion, the supper of our Lord, is not a mass. Correct. It is not a re-sacrificing of the body. It is not a re-pouring out of the blood. It is a. It is reminding us yeah. of the sacrifice, yeah. whereas That's the our repeated reminder. sacrifices reminded us and God of the sins that need to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. He says, in this new covenant, I'm going to forgive them, and there's not going to be a reminder. Yeah. There's not going to be anything that keeps bringing it to mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get sacrifices every morning and evening, every Sabbath day, every new moon. Yeah. I'm not going to get a sacrifice every new day of atonement to remember and call to mind, look at all these sins. Those sins are going to be forgiven, and, and they will be remembered no more. They will be brought to mind no more. Uh, walking back through this uh, excerpt from Jeremiah, you know, another great promise I see here is the difference in the relationship between the people, mm -hmm. okay, that this is going to be, well, it's going to change. You're not going to have people uh, telling them, know the Lord. They're yeah. going to already know him. That's very confusing on the surface, because obviously here in the New Covenant, what do we do? We teach the New Covenant. Mm -hmm. We introduce people to the Lord. We let them know, here's Jesus. He's yeah. the Lord. Preach you the need gospel. to know him. Yeah. Here's the difference. Under that old covenant, mm -hmm. you were born into the covenant. Israelites were in the covenant because their parents were in the covenant, yeah. and the males, of course, circumcised to be a part of that yeah, covenant. sign of the covenant. And then as they were in the covenant— they're brought up to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Under this new covenant, you are introduced to the Lord, and you decide whether you are going That's to right. be born into the covenant. Yeah. It's not a genealogical thing. Mm -hmm. It is not a biological thing. Mm -hmm. It is a spiritual reality. We're going to get to meet the Lord, be introduced to the Lord, right. and we decide whether we'll be yeah. in the covenant. And once you're in the covenant, n nobody's in the covenant who has not met the Lord. That's right. And that's so right. we, don't, we don't have to go around teaching, oh, you, you need to know the Lord. Now, that's not to say we're not going to grow to know the Lord better. Well, That's not course. to say that our relationship isn't going to get deeper. Right. 
But this is a relationship of people who are reborn into God because they have met the Lord and know Him. That's exactly right. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. My wife's a Christian. We're trying to raise our children to know faith, mm-hmm. right, and to know the truth. But my children are Christians by virtue of, of being born to me. Right. They must make their choice. They must convert and become Christians. Uh, you know, it's, it's God's the Father, but He's not a grandfather to anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good point. Very good point. We have these promises. They are better promises. It's not just, Abraham, you're going to be multiplied. And it's not also, there, some down, someday down the road, you're going to be a blessing, and there's someone that's going to come from you down the road that is going to be a blessing. This is a promise of some, based on something that has already happened. Mm. The blessing in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the Son, is not off in the future, in hopes that promises will be fulfilled, those promises have already been fulfilled yeah. because Jesus has come. He has offered the sacrifice. He is in the holy place. Even now, it's not something we're looking forward to. It's something that has already been realized. Better promises mm-hmm. because our promises have already been realized. Yeah, we can rest assured on these things. Oh, that's great. That's powerful. Absolutely. Well, I, there, there's more that I want to say about the New Covenant. We're running short on time. Let's not open up another can of worms. Let's talk more about this All New right. Covenant tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow, can of worms. Be sure... <laughs> Be sure and be here for it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Wriggling all over the table here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for your better promises. Thank you so much for fulfilling those promises in Jesus, for giving us the testimony that we know those promises have been fulfilled. Thank you for forgiving our sins. And Lord, help us to walk as those who are forgiven. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.